Today on The Big Show, it's Jason Day. We'll check in with Jason Durham from the Park Rapids area later on in the show, but let's start off with Jason Bozer in the Grand Rapids area in Lake Winnie. He's with Fishing Fever Guide Service with Minnesota Fishing Pros, and, you know, Jason, uh, this is my first chance to chat with you this year. Um, It's been a tough couple of years on Winnie compared to what we got used to. What's going on this year? Well, it has been tough the last few years. Probably three years has been really tough, and in this year... There seems to be some small fish in the lake and lots of over the, you know, the slot limit on that lake is 18 to 23. And there seems to be a lot of them over that 23. And people are, you're catching a lot of fish. And you're you're able to keep them finally. (laughs) (laughs) That's the big thing. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you can catch a lot of fish, but if you don't get to ever have that walleye meal, it gets a little old after a while. Absolutely. People people come up here to eat walleyes. Our DNR can say what they want, but that's why people are here. There's no doubt. We can't, we can't really argue about that. Everybody I know loves good walleye, myself included. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And the fish are just, I mean, they're, you know, we have the clear water with yes. zebra mussels and stuff, but the, the fish are still biting. If uh, if we you know if we come across some conditions that are dead calm and sunny, you just throw on a little sixteenth ounce jig and cast it away from the boat, and we're still catching them. So, so you haven't necessarily had to go into that low light period that a lot of lakes have had to. No, no, and and uh, we have not. I mean, you know, naturally it's always better with a little wind and cloud cover, but you can still catch them even with the sun shining and and calm conditions. Just not as easy. Right. Well, you noted using a jig. Has that been the primary choice right now? That's all we've been using lately is just a jig and a shiner. We're still able to get shiners around here and um, in the Grand Rapids area, and they've been working great. Has it been a shoreline bite out on the humps? Where have you been going? I haven't really ventured out on the humps much. I've been, you know, on Winnie, the, around the river channel has been some of the best fishing that I've had so far. And, you know, where the Mississippi goes out by the dam mm-hmm. uh, on, on, on in Tamarack Bay, that seems to be some of the best fishing right now. On the big, They're still around the big flats and stuff. All right. Well, that that's good news. I know it's been very frustrating for resorters and guides who, and, and, and anglers who love Lake Winnie that the, the last few years has just been kind of a head-scratcher. Nice oh. to see you get fish you can keep finally. It really is. It really is. And one thing I do want to tell everybody who listens to your program is they put that 18 to 23-inch slot limit on there to get rid of them big fish. And I think they did that like three years ago, and I think that's really helped. So we have a little bit more room in the lake for these little fish to come in. 
And once you, so I encourage people to take them big fish out of there. I know it goes against the grain, you know, everybody is ingrained to throw them back, you know, throw back the females. But on a lake that, Lake Winnie right now that has so many big fish in it, we just have to get rid of them. So keep them big fish that are over the slot. Okay. And, and you can take one over the slot? Yes, one over 23 inches per person. Okay. Yep. So, and surprisingly, it does help the lake. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. I, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, it comes, it does kind of come down to um, the total volume of fish and who's, who's kind of ruling the roost, so to speak. And um, it's good to know that, uh, again, that you're finding keeper fish on both sides of the slot finally. Um, and, and it looks like, you know, it'll be, it'll be a matter now of, for anglers, especially those who haven't been on Winnie for a few years, of understanding how things have changed as far as the clarity of the water and things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're finding, we're finding out that you can still have a good bite, even if we have the clear water, as long as we got the fish to catch in there. And, uh, and they're, they're, they're starting to rebound nice, I think. How much clearer has it gotten? Oh man, <laughs> you don't remember in the days. You know, most of our the old, our old waypoints. You know, you know, five to seven foot of water, and now, now you know you're going to have to go out to that, you know, eight to ten, twelve foot range a little bit more than we used to have to. I would say that the clarity in in some of the areas, like your know, gal, twelve, thirteen feet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can really see the bottom. I mean, we were catching perch on the rocks, and you know, looking down five foot of water was just like you know an aquarium. That's clear. That's completely different than what it was not that many years ago. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you you used to just you know it was never dirty, dirty. It was just I don't know I don't know exactly how to explain. You know, it just had sediment in it or something. It was, it was just, it was, I don't know. Yeah. But it cleared up now. Wow. So, yeah, but, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. As long as, as long as we got fish in there to get, it doesn't matter that much about the clarity if the fish are there. A couple of other things Winnie is famous for, good, solid northern sizes and a lot of really nice-sized perch. Uh, what have we seen so far for those two? Well, funny you should ask about them northern. You know, we have a new statewide slot limit up around their area. Mm-hmm. And we get 10 of them under 22 inches and two over 26. Well, we've just been catching a ton of northern, and guess what size they are? <laughs> uh, between the two? <laughs> no, actually, actually, they're 21 and a half inches. Oh, really? 20. To 21 and, and three quarters. I could not believe how many fish we've been catching in right under the slot. And again, I've been telling my guys, you guys want them? Let's cut them up. Yep. They, they want they want them northerns out of there because what's going to happen next year? They ain't going to be, <laughs> you're not going to be able to keep them. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they, uh, so it's a perfect year to get your northerns, the smaller ones. And I, and I think, you know, when we get going here midsummer with the weeds and stuff, I I do believe that 
we'll be seeing a lot of them fish over 26 inches because there's a lot of nice fish, nice northerns in Winnie also. Okay. So, and the perch, there's perch all over the lake. Um, there is, we have to do some sorting. We, you know, we, we always try to say nine inches and above. And even that, uh, you know, the nine inches, you know, it seems like a smaller perch, but there's so many, we've just been taking them out. Okay. And, uh, you know, we, we, there's a lot of 10, 11s, 12s in there too, but uh, right now it seems like uh, some of the smaller ones are biting a little bit more. You know, it's interesting. I know they're concerned about the perch numbers on leech, but Winnie has been a perch factory for decades. Yeah, and it is right now. It's still loaded with perch. There's no doubt. So, yeah. So it's been, you know, it's just been a fun, a fun bite. And then throw in the rock bass. <laughs> really got it. <laughs> I know everybody, everybody kind of laughs, but they, well, they still fight. Oh, yeah. Still something on the end of your line, and you know it uh, keeps keeps the action going. Nice, yeah. So been fun. So, what have you been hearing from any other lakes? Well, you know, bowstring was so good at the beginning of the year, and now it just kind of it's just kind of steady. Um, we've been getting a few, and uh, but nothing like the beginning of the year. I mean, that that the opening weekend for bowstring was amazing. And, and leech is, you know, leech is, I, I don't, I'm not sure what to think of leech. We, you know, we have good days and then we got, you know, a turnaround and get bad. So we ain't got, I haven't really had a real good consistent bite out there yet. And um, let's see, what else? Well, of course, we went up to Red a couple times and, you know, that's been okay. And Island Lake and North Home's been okay. Um that's about that's kind of the extent of it so far. I did fish Lake Bemidji here the last my this last weekend. That was kind of fun. Oh, okay. Fished that before. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So yeah, kind of wander around a little bit. I haven't <laughs> made it to Cass yet. That's one of my favorite lakes, but I haven't made it there either. So okay. Well, I know you know for you as a guide in the Grand Rapids area when when he's going. I mean that's that's the. Uh, the pillar of, of your area, that's what people want to fish. So I'm well, sure you, I'm sure if you can get out there and catch fish, that's where you're going to go. Oh, it, it, it's so helpful to have, you know, to have that that fishery, you know, in our back door like that, you know, close. And, and big enough water where it can support the boats. Yes. You know, a lot of these little lakes, when the, like when Winnie hadn't been biting there, you know, them little lakes get beat up pretty bad. It takes a while for them to recover. So it's it's really nice. And you know what I'm really looking forward to is to see if them if that bite continues out to when they start moving out to the humps and we can uh, jig them out there. Right. One of my favorite things to do is jig them them walleyes in that 20, 21 foot of water like that. That's just fun. All right. And, that, and uh, based on water temps and things you're seeing, what would be your guess as to when that might happen? Oh, they're going to start here. There's probably some already out there, but uh, I'm thinking some. Most of them are probably going to be the bigger fish, right? And and you know what? Naturally, that's fun. But like we talked about earlier, you know, we got we our jobs to get them something to eat too. So <laughs> yeah, so, um, unless until they start moving out of the shallows here, which won't probably be too much longer. You know, if we get some more nice hot weather, and and then they'll just 
you know, bugs start hatching out there, and that's where we're going to have to be looking. All right. Well, Jason, um, if people want to fish Winnie and, and don't know a lot about it, want to look for a good guide, uh, you got some spots available? I do. Got a few days open, yep. And um, uh, you can get a hold of me and look up Animan Fishing Pros and look for Fishing Fever or Jason Bozer, and I'll be there. Or, or you can call 218-244-2517, and, um, I'll, and if I can't do it, I'll, I'll find someone, one of our group that can. Jason Bozer is an outstanding guy on Lake Winnie and a really nice guy, too. I'm sure you'd have a great time on the water with him. Jason, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. You have a great day. Another really nice guy named Jason is up next. Jason Durham. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Some people say fishing is overrated. For the record, they are wrong. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, we're heading down to the Park Rapids area, checking in with Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service. Jason, welcome back to the show. It's great to hear from you. Hey, great to hear from you too, Cap. Well, we've uh, we've had a pretty good fishing season so far. We had a muskie opener this past weekend. Uh, normally, we don't hear much muskie action in the first weekend. Uh, what did you hear? Um, I heard exactly what you just said. Not a lot of <laughs> muskie action the first weekend. Well, you know, I think we would have done a lot better um, had the conditions been a lot better. Yeah. It was nasty. It was. I mean, you, you get a cold front that comes in, and you get this horrid, horrid wind. I mean, what do you expect? Well, you can't even control the boat. It's tough to bring up the fish at 10,000 casts. I did hear of a few fish being caught, you know, primarily in shallow water. I did hear of a couple caught open water trolling. So um, the interesting thing for me this year was having a little bit of background information going out on on man trap. I actually uh, guided out there on Sunday. And on the uh, walleye opener this year, I actually went out with the DNR and trap netted muskies on man trap and learned an incredible amount of information about the fish during that time of year because we can't legally target them then. Sure. Right. Um, so what did you learn? Well, I learned that in man trap lake, there's actually a lot better natural reproduction than the DNR originally um, thought there was. Okay. I also learned that approximately 50% of the fish spawn each year. And I learned about some of the areas that they they go uh, that they utilize to spawn. So it was it was a lot of information in in a half day where I didn't pick up a rod on on the opening day of the walleye season. I know that wow. almost makes me non Minnesotan. <laughs> yeah. But to have the opportunity to go and do that was absolutely amazing. Wow, Ben um, Mantrap has really come into its own as a musky water. It really has, and it, it gets, I would say, considerable pressure to it. It's not a huge body of water. You're looking at, I believe it's 1,800 acres or r- right around there. Um, and on Saturday, on the opener, there were um, 90 boats that went in and out of the access. So uh, that's a lot of pressure for a small lake like that. But the reason people go there, it's got potential for really nice fish. And it's got a, a pretty good population estimate. That's one other thing I learned with the DNR. The current population estimate on Mantrap is somewhere between four and 500 fish. And you would think, well, that doesn't sound like that many. But when you're talking about a fish that is territorial and in that size of body of water, that's a pretty significant number. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, so we've had one weekend of fishing muskies. We've had a few weeks where we can catch walleyes. And, boy, I have gotten... Great walleye reports pretty much everywhere I've checked. Yeah, the conditions are really good right now for the walleyes. 
And, um, you know, it was a little bit different this last weekend, of course, with the weather that we had come through. But this week has been really good. Um, my stepson, who guides with me, he runs Pappy's Guide Service. Uh, he's been going out. You know, I'm not, I'm not young anymore. <laughs> he's been going out and fishing pretty much all night long and uh, trolling crankbaits and catching some giant walleyes. He just had one a couple nights ago that was 30 inches, weighed wow. 10 pounds, 11 ounces. I mean, that's a trophy, trophy fish. Absolutely. Um, but people that are fishing during the daylight hours, the normal person who goes fishing hours, um, they're also getting some really nice walleyes as well. Um, I haven't heard of a ton of huge fish, but I've heard of just a lot of nice active fish, you know, eater size. And um, one thing that I've noticed with the walleyes, almost every group that I take out comments and they say, you know what, I'd really be okay if the state reduced their walleye limit to four instead of six. And I, I have to say, I totally agree with that. We have very liberal limits in Minnesota. And with the walleyes, if you had, you know, if I've got four people on a trip and we're looking at 24 walleyes, that's a lot of fish. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, uh, with the amount of people who fish, you know, leech and red where it, it is four, uh, I think people are getting used to it. I totally agree with that. And, you know, even if you go to a lake that doesn't have a four-fish limit, if it's still a six-fish limit, there's no reason not to stop at four. Mm -hmm. I mean, really consider how much fish you actually need to eat. Yeah. Yeah, we, we just we think we want so much, but, uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's only so much your stomach can take, even if it is walleye. <laughs> not to mention, and it is nice to have leftovers, of course, but yeah. once you start serving the sides with the fish, all of a sudden, you know, a couple fish goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely true. Well, are they still hanging out uh, shallow uh, jigs and, and minnows in your neck of the woods? You know, it's been tough to get good minnows. A jig and a shiner is working well, and then it doesn't matter so much if that minnow is alive. Um, if you're fishing a minnow on a rig, you know, that's been a little bit trickier because you really don't want to buy the red tails right now. They're spawning. We don't want we don't want bait trappers to go out and catch the, the red tail minnows when they're spawning. We want them to be able to have the opportunity to spawn just like the fish. Um, and we're, we're not really seeing um, a lot of shiner minnows come through. That's still been a little bit slow. Uh, what people have been doing best on, actually, has been leeches and night crawlers. And, you know, it's not too early for crawlers. It's never too early for crawlers. But it seems like the leech bite has been going a lot better. You know, I... And, yeah, look... I was just going to say, I heard a lot of leech bite really early in the year this year. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this before, Kev. There is no normal anymore. <laughs> there is no normal spring. There's no normal summer. You know, the water temperature went up so incredibly fast that we're actually seeing some fish die-offs of, of, like, white sucker. You know, when you've got a species that has just spawned and is not in 100% good health, when you have water temperatures temperatures that rise so fast you can see that become critical for some of these fish species um and the weed growth the weeds are are shooting up incredibly fast i was up on lake george the other day you know halfway between you and i and there's cabbage weed that's poking out of the surface already really wow it's it's amazing <laughs> well i know you got a bunch of great lakes there um i'm assuming they're all cranking out walleyes i wouldn't say they're all cranking out walleyes and it just depends on the day for sure. But, you know, some that have been pretty solid lately, um, uh, the Crow Wing Chain, Potato Lake's starting to go. Haven't heard much from Long Lake yet, but that's a really deep lake. I mean, you're talking a lot of 
that body of water is over 100 feet deep. Mm. So it, it warms up pretty slow, but I guarantee that those fish are going to start snapping here very, very soon. Yeah, I know like in our in, in our area, and you, you probably know this, you fish up here, like early in the season, Andrusia tends to be good and Irving tends to be good, and then Bemidji and Cass Lake seem to kick in a, a few weeks later. Uh, I'm assuming you have lakes that kind of have that. You're talking long, for example, is one that probably kicks in a little bit later after some of them maybe slow down. Yeah, that's exactly uh, the case. And with so many lakes around here, it's nice because you can kind of um, set your calendar to, <laughs> I know that this lake's going to be good. You know, right around the opener, it's, it's a lot shallower, it warms up a lot faster, and you know you're going to go through this progression to the larger bodies of water eventually. So we're not very far off from having that happen and experiencing some really good walleye fishing on some of these big bodies of water. Well, you're loaded for bass lakes down there, too. How's the bass bite been? The bass bite has been phenomenal. The smallmouth bass, some of them are still finishing up their spawning process. Most of, the, most of them have gone off the beds already. Um, the largemouth... They've been really good, but we're looking at shallow, shallow water. Tonight, I'm actually supposed to go out with the DNR. I told you that I went out with them on opener to trap net muskies. Tonight, I'm supposed to go out with them to electrofish for largemouth bass on 8th, 9th, and 10th crowing. Oh. So it's kind of interesting the way that they do it. They've got a boat that has electrical leads that go into the water, and they can shock an area about 6 feet wide by 6 feet deep. So obviously, it has to be shallow water that these fish are in. And when the fish go uh, run into this electrical current, it's kind of like, you know, a human being being tased. Uh, they're just kind of incapacitated, and they float up to the surface. You net them, measure them, weigh them, uh, get a scale sample that they can send in for genetic testing, um, and then the fish are released, and, and there's no mortality. Wow. That is really amazing. It, it is, and I'm extremely excited to go on this trip. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I've always heard a lot about it, never experienced it. It's got, it's got to be kind of a cool thing, especially for a guy like you who's just so immersed in the business. Yeah, I'm kind of a fish nerd. I love all <laughs> the, the, the science behind fish and their behavior. And I've said it before, you know, when we're out fishing, all we're trying to do is get a reaction from the fish. We're trying to get a reaction to feed. But we can make all of these theories and assumptions about their behavior but anytime you say always or never, when you're talking about fish behavior, at some point you're going to be proven wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. How's the panfish bite been over there? Oh, the panfish have been really good. The crappies have been just smoking hot. They're getting them out in the cabbage weed now more than anything. They're off of their beds, too. They've finished spawning. They're starting to move out into some of those mid-range depths in the weeds. Um, the milfoil starting to come up. And whenever I say milfoil, people you know are on edge. Their hackles go up milfoil the invasive species no northern milfoil it's a native weed it's a great uh it's a great habitat for the crappies and that's starting to grow really fast too um and people are just throwing you know a standard crappie jig you can throw a northland mimic minnow one that i love to suggest to people that come through our area stop at any bait shop around and there's a jig here it's called Irvin's Ma- magic jig irv magic jig and they've been poured in a local person's garage since 1980, and there's just something different about them that they work. They simply work. It's one of the only jigs I use for crappies, 16-ounce black. And just cast it out in those weeds, let it sink. Most people go, well, i got to keep it up off of the bottom. No, crappies go down to the bottom and pick up insects all of the time. So let it hit the bottom, watch your line. That's your strike indicator. When you see it tick off the water, you've got one. As for the bluegills, uh, the, the sunfish are, are starting to spawn right now. They're highly, 
highly susceptible to overharvest. So you have yeah. to be really diligent about, you know, letting some of those fish go. If you want to keep some bluegills, keep some of those males. There's definitely more males than females um, that are needed, or I'm sorry, there are more females needed to spawn, right. more males that we don't need um, that you can take and, and have a fish dinner if you'd like. You know, throw those big females back, let them reproduce, let them create the future of fishing. Which, uh, what size do you like to keep? You know what, if I'm keeping sunfish, you know, I always say about the size of my hand. You're talking about maybe like a six or seven or, or eight ounce fish, even a half pounder. I mean, that's a big bluegill. When we get up into that 12 ounce to a pound range, those are special, special fish. Those mm-hmm. aren't fish to eat. Uh, you know, keeping a, a bluegill over a pound is like keeping a 30 inch walleye to eat. There's no reason to do it. Right, right. You know, you got so many uh, different kinds of uh, lakes here with so many different species. I know, you know, uh, I'm seeing even here, which is really thick in walleye country, more and more people doing more and more different kinds of fishing. They're not just stuck on going after walleyes anymore. And you guys, or maybe it was just you, <laughs> they're kind of ahead of the game there. I've, I've always heard so much about so much diversity in the Park Rapids area. Well, and we've tried to be, we've tried to encourage this for years that all fish have their their own place, and every fish is special. I mean, you look at you know some of my buddies from up in Bemidji, like Matt Brewer and Jason Rylander, who turned me on to eel pout fishing. You know, and and ten years ago eel pout weren't cool, and now it's like the hip thing to do. And the same goes for all fish. You look at the sturgeon and the popularity uh, of sturgeon and how, you know, people go in the spring up to the river, and not just in the spring, too. Um, I ran into a group this week from Missouri, and I asked them at the bait shop, what are you guys fishing for? And they said, well, you might not believe this, but we're fishing for smallmouth bass and rock bass. Now, rock bass get a bad reputation. People curse them out, you know, treat them like a trash fish. But you've got to understand, there's a lot of people that really do like to catch rock bass, you know. And these people wanted them to eat, and they're fine to eat. They're like, you know, most panfish. Uh, but for kids, I mean, to go down to the end of the dock and catch a pile of rock bass, it's a riot. Oh, yeah. That's, a, that's absolutely true. They put up a fight. They're entertaining. Every fish has a place. And if there's a bend in the pole, it's going to be a good time. All right. Well, if we were going to go out fishing this weekend, uh, let's say let's start with uh, walleyes. What do we have to bring with us in our basket? Uh, number one, sunscreen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sunscreen and lots of water. I mean that, I'm, and I'm being serious about this because a lot of people, uh, you know, they make the mistake of leaving the sunscreen at home, and then they come home and they're like a lobster. It's hard to sleep. It's dangerous for yourself, health wise. I mean, really be diligent about that and be diligent about putting it on your kits, too, and hydrate yourself. Um, that's number one. You have to take care of yourself. Number two, if I'm going out walleye fishing, I'm going to bring a box of leeches. I'm probably going to bring a Northland Roach rig. I'm going to drag that around. I'm also going to uh, excuse me, bring some fireball jigs. I'm going to fish a jig and a leech, too. One thing that happens, though, when you fish a jig and a leech, if you're, if you're jigging it a lot and you've got a larger leech on the hook, a lot of times that, that jig is going to spin. So it's a good idea to, you know, maybe 12 inches, 14 inches up from the jig, just put a ball-bearing swivel there to eliminate that line twist so you don't ruin the entire line on your spool um, so you can keep fishing all day long. Got it. All right. Um, Panfish, I mean, I'm sure it's the same old stuff that you you always use. Yeah, pretty much. Um, 
you know, I, I if I'm specifically going out to catch bluegills, you know, I'll use jigs. I'll even use. I'll bring my ice fishing box with. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the the, the Mackie plastics from Clam Pro Tackle. I love to put one of those little tails on. I just like it better than a really big profile bait, um, a big plastic jig on the end of it. You're going to get a lot more bites. Um, and the other thing that you have to make sure you do when you're going pan fishing, you got to make sure that you have tools that are small enough to get inside that fish's mouth to retrieve any deep hooked uh, jigs. So you're going to want a forceps for sure. Um, you know, and making sure that you take care of those fish so you can let them go. If you just have a standard pair of needle nose pliers, uh, it's probably not going to fit down the fish's mouth very easily, and you're probably going to do more harm than good. Okay. And um, what about uh, bass? What are we doing? You know, for the bass right now, one thing I love to do this time of year, I love to fish top water. You know, throwing an artificial frog up in those lily pads, you know, that's always a great thing. Um, Northland. They've got some great plastics. I love the Texas rig, wacky rig, uh, drop shot. There's so many different ways to go about the bass right now. Even to throw a spinnerbait, those bass will hit at this time of year very readily. Um, The key with the spinnerbait, too, you can use a lighter line with it. I'm not saying take your walleye rod and start chucking spinnerbaits up into the reeds and lily pads, but if you've got even like a 12- or 14-pound test, if you keep that spinnerbait moving, it's not going to get caught in the weeds. It's when you let it sink and sit, that's when you're going to get hung up. So if you keep that bait moving, you're going to be okay. It is better, though, to have a heavier line if you're throwing into the vegetation because even though you can move that bait through it, it's going to be harder to get that fish out of that slop when you're trying to get it back to the boat. So you want a rod that's powerful enough and line that's powerful enough that you're going to be able to haul that fish out of, out of the vegetation. Okay. And have you seen anybody taking advantage of the new liberal uh, northern rigs? You know what? Actually, I have. I'm glad you brought that up because I had a question about it this week that I asked the DNR. Oh. I was out on Mantrap Lake with some guys fishing northern pike, and they caught one that was 22 and a half inches. Well, statewide, that's an illegal fish, so we threw it back. But then one of them said, well, what about the experimental regulation on Mantrap Lake, which had been... 24 to 36 inches has to go back, but you can keep three fish under 24 inches. So I called the DNR and inquired about it. The special regulations usurp the state regulation. So if you go on a body of water, like take Lake George, for instance, there's a 24 to 36 inch release slot out there. You can keep three fish that are under 24 inches. So you can legally have, say, a 23 and three quarter inch northern pike, which anywhere else in the state you wouldn't be able to. However, you only get to keep that limit of three. Gotcha. So the, the best advice, any lake that you go on, look at the sign at the access. What the sign says goes. Right. That's right. The, the special regs still are Trump over the new statewide reg. Yeah, Trump. Yeah. Well, you know, some people maybe like that word. Some don't, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jason, we love talking to you. We love having you on the show, and uh, we appreciate uh, your insight today. Uh, Still have any slots available if people want to use your services? You know, I've got zero slots for June. Um, First week of July through about the 8th is booked, but beyond that, there's some stuff here and there. So if if you're interested in a trip, um, give me a shout on my cell phone. It's area code 218-252-2278, or you can find me online at go-fish-guides.com. 
Com, and feel free to connect with me if you have any questions about fishing. I'm an open book for anybody. I just want people to go out and catch more and bigger fish. Jason, thanks for your time today. Hey, thank you. Good luck to everybody heading out. Now we're going fishing. Bye-bye.